Yo, welcome back inside the lunch table. We're really screwing with you guys, making sure y'all are staying on your toes. Calvin's here on the host on a Wednesday. You know, we have my boy Kath kick us off on Monday. That being said, the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Wilson, returning to the action. How you doing, <laughs> big Mike? What's going on? What man, I'm feeling, on? I'm feeling good, man. You know, I had a few personal things I had to take care of, but, you know, I'm back on campus at the University of North Texas, and uh, I'm, I'm ready to roll, Ooh. man. I'm <laughs> hey man, we're on a three-game winning streak, and we're eleven and four in basketball. So, but that's that's oh, new. Okay. We'll get to okay. that later. On. Okay, you brought we'll some UNT love to get my show started this fine <laughs> Wednesday. Okay, cat busting that ass. How you doing, big man? I'm barely, I'm barely hanging in there. I'm on like my fourth energy drink of the day. Got like three hours <laughs> of sleep last night, buddy. I'm struggling. Okay, fellas, if if I'm MIA for the next four or five days get call it a, an APB. <laughs> <laughs> and you heard that we got an APB warning going for Mr. Calf when he goes missing these next couple of days. Real quick. We're I'm ending it all. And <laughs> <laughs> hey, you heard that right here. His 13th reason on inside the lunch table. We appreciate that FBI <laughs> yeah. investigation joining us and the little wiretap. But anyway, gentlemen, I'm going to move us on, get us right into the action, guys. We're going to start in the NFL, bounce around these playoff games, get my boys Mike's take on them, see what he thought from this uh, weekend action. Then I'm going to roll us on into the NBA, talk about Mike's Lakers, too. Got some struggling going on as well as my damn hot mad. So, gentlemen, let's get down to business, huh? Mikey, 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 Mikey. You got a couple game picks for me. You picked the Bills, and your Bills routed the Patriots. Me and Cass spoke about this one on Monday. I want to hear what you saw from it, and then we'll go back to Cass, go around the table again. Um, Really? I called Josh Allen's phone and he answered. I mean, 21 for 25, 308 yards and five touchdowns. Man, oh, I said, if, you know, this is going to be a character um, tester for him to see what kind of, you know, who he really is in the, um, in the playoffs. And man, did he did he have a strong showing? Um, I think that you were a little bit, um, you know, your confidence was a little misplaced in Mac Jones. I mean, he didn't play bad, but I <laughs> yeah, mean, Bill Belichick let me down too. well, not even just <laughs> Mac Jones. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, it was a definitely, definitely strong showing for the Bills. Um, man, I don't know. I couldn't see it being any more, um, you know, exciting than it already is, given that they got eliminated by the Kansas City Chiefs last last year, and they're going to be, um, you know, they got they got their chance to, at redemption this week. So I'm gonna be watching that game. So real quick, let's talk about that one then, because I don't really think we need to talk about Chiefs Steelers. That one was an absolute route. We all saw that. Exactly. Uh, I mean, we all Aaron. expected we all expected that to happen. Yeah. yeah. So real quick, let's talk about that next week matchup. Then we got Bills and Chiefs. Everything to play for. We're going to be playing in Arrowhead AFC re or championship rematch. Tell me what you see from that one going in, Mike. You don't got to pick it right now. Just tell me what you see. Tell me mm -hmm. what you see. I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, definitely going to be an offensive showdown. It's going to come down to whose defense can get some stops. Um, okay. Definitely in that game. And um, uh, I'm leaning more towards the Chiefs, but I'm not going to make any final um, takes until Friday, you know, any final picks. But I'm leaning more towards the Chiefs. I, I have more confidence that their defense might, you know, with how they were playing um, down the stretch in the regular season and um, how they played last week. I'm, I'm leaning more towards them that they might show up in that game and try to get after Josh Allen and get some stops. We throw it to my boy Kath. My boy Kath had the crystal ball last week. Give me a lost little six and zero slate. Can't complain to that. Kath, no, no, no. Oh, we did lose the Cardinals. Okay, I lost the Cardinals. That's true. That's true. He did. He did have a little. Did have a little five and one stretch. Actually, Kath, let me get some reaction from that game. That was a Monday night game. Tell me what you saw from that one, Kath. I know we talked about it off air, but let's throw those comments online. What'd you see? What'd you see? So I, we did talk about it off um, off the air there, and and um, we. The main thing that we talked about was how is Kyler Murray so bad whenever DeAndre Hopkins is not in the game? Hold up, hold up. And 
read those numbers off real quick. I think I still have them. Terrible. Yeah. I'm, I got okay, so yeah. we have with DeAndre Hopkins, the uh, the Kyler Murray Cardinals were eight and two. The touchdown interception was almost three touchdowns to every one pick. The completion percentage was 73%, which is insane. The yards per attempt were 8.8, almost nine yards an attempt. And the QBR was 112. And then once we lost DeAndre Hopkins, those numbers changed to one and four as a team record. It was 1.5 touchdowns for every one pick. The completion percentage dropped nine points to 63. The yards per attempt were down three as well, down to 5.8. And the QBR plummeted to 81.2, which is just insane when it comes to one player. So, Cap, take me some, tell me, give me some reaction to hearing those numbers, the performance you saw yesterday. I, I think it speaks more to how great DeAndre Hopkins is 100%. Uh, than, than it is to how, quote-unquote, overrated Kyler Murray is. I was on Twitter uh, after the game and during the game, and I was seeing a lot of people saying that. brutal. Hell, yeah. It was we, brutal. we were given we're, we're giving Kyler Murray – uh, you know, his flowers way too early. He's really not a franchise quarterback, yada, yada, yada. Oh, uh, yeah. I want I, I, I want those people and everybody to think about, give me one franchise quarterback. Give me a GOAT uh, that has not had a, a, an above-average elite wide receiver or tight end or somebody that they feel comfortable with that they can throw the ball down, down the field, on third down, Throw it up to him and say, "Yeah, you're going to catch that ball." I have full confidence. You don't even got. You're to not going to. Man, you're not. You're not going to think of that. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to think of a quarterback that if you take away his number one comfort blanket, that he's just going to all of a sudden be great. Like th- that's just part of it. As much as the importance of the quarterback position is, at the end of the day, you still have to have pieces around the guy to be great. It doesn't help that their offensive line is awful. It doesn't help that uh, that 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 they don't have a, a real number two that could step up. Right. Christian yeah. Kirk, you absolutely dropped the ball this season. You were supposed to have a coming out party with Larry Fitz retiring, and instead you had a coming away party. I think we figured out you are a three, maybe even a four receiver. You should have Fact. elevated in this game, and you decided to ghost in this game. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. Six for 51 is great and all, but that's wide receiver two numbers, and you were supposed to step up and fill the void. Um, we didn't get enough from Zach Ertz in this game. And my biggest that's one what, I want That's what I was just going to say whenever you were saying – um he didn't have a tight end. I mean, he had one, but he didn't perform. Exactly. Zach Ertz uh, took the game off. And my thing is I want to use 2019. Uh, I know y'all remember the Patriots Titans game where uh, Tom Brady went to the playoffs with absolutely no weapons. And y'all know how I feel about Tom Brady. That's my goat. That's your goat. That's Kaz goat. That's everyone's goat. That is unanimous. And the, he couldn't do anything with no offense. I mean, he had no weapons. The receiving core was basic and they got blown out the building by the Titans. And that's what happens when you don't take weapons into the postseason. You cannot turn average into elite into the postseason. Windows get tighter and coverage gets better. And that's what we saw with this Cardinals team. At the end of the day, the offensive line was terrible, but guys getting open were terrible. I mean, you can't blame the blocking when no one's open downfield. And I feel like that was the constant theme from this game because a lot of people were blaming the offensive line. But I hate to break it to you. If he got out of the pocket, there was nowhere to go. There was just flat out nowhere to go. I mean, they couldn't run the football. They couldn't get guys open on the perimeter. And when you can't move the ball, it's just hard to win a football game. And the fact that we blame all of this on Kyler Murray, is it's a little extreme for me. I mean, the defense gave up 34 points for damn sake. That's not an easy way to win a football game. And I get it. You can't score 11, but it just seems really brutal to put this all on the shoulders of Kyler Murray. I agree. I, and I think that it's also really brutal to I, I don't know I I just feel like it doesn't help whenever your quarterback 
Kyler Murray struggled theoretically throughout the year with the amount of pressure that he got because his offensive line was so bad throughout the entirety of the year. But the one thing that kept him halfway sane was the ability to throw the ball up and say, oh, he going to catch it. You know, like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, if DeAndre Hopkins puts his hands on the balls, he's coming down with the ball 99.9% of the time. Um, And so Kyler Murray's had that ability to be able to, and that comfort, level of comfort, and you take that away from a quarterback, especially a young quarterback, a quarterback that hadn't played in the playoff game, a, a brand new head coach. Let's chill out on the Cardinals a little bit, uh, right. and let let's go ahead and let's let's get them healthy. Let's fix the offensive line issues, um, and then let's go into next year. They're still they're still a phenomenal team, bro. So um, while we were talking about this, I wanted to pull up uh, the um, official Arizona Cardinals team page and their offseason uh, letter from last year, right? And their offseason, going into the offseason, they addressed the, the fact, the team website, and I quote, the, uh, the, uh, the odds of upgrading the offensive line are low but incredibly needed. So they know they knew this going into the season that the offensive line was going to be needed upgrades, and instead they chose not to do so. And I feel like that's what your – this is your outcome. I mean, J.J. Watt, all these pieces were beautiful to add around the outside, but unfortunately you didn't address the area you needed to work the most. And I feel like we know exactly what Arizona needs to do this offseason, and it needs to be fixed this offensive line and maybe find you a wide receiver too because it doesn't seem like Christian Kirk is that guy. Facts. Right. And um, like you would say, what do you say? Donde está papa? To yeah, hey, okay. donde es papacito? Because you were nowhere to be found. Man, where, where, was, where was AJ Green, man? No, no catches. No AJ yards. Green. Oh my God. No I'm nothing, looking at man. this box score and this man didn't even make an appearance, bro. That's Cardio what I'm saying. Bro. To the mags. Facts, hey, I remember man. a couple weeks when him and Antonio Wesley, another zero catch, uh, zero yard guy from this game, torched my Cowboys. Throwback. Facts. That's what I'm saying. So I'm sitting there watching the game saying, dang, I mean, did A.J. Green punch his, punch his card today? Did, did he show up to work today? Did he remember they had a playoff game today? Because he was nowhere to be found, man. I that mean, boy. yeah, but let's – okay, but let's let, let's take this here. Uh, when, when did he go out? He DeAndre Hopkins left in – I think it was the game before they played the Rams, Week if 10. I'm not – He played 10 games. They oh, 10 games. Right, 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 right. So if you look past it – no, he played he played more than 10 games. Because the – the, the thing I just read, it only had um, 10 games. He might have played more. He might have played the 11th and got hurt. He played the Rams game, um, and then I think he didn't play – and I, I think that's the game that he got hurt, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, that is. So that was the game that he got hurt. So if you look at who they played, they played the Lions, Colts, Cowboys, Seahawks, and then the Rams again. They lost to the Lions. Line. They lost They lost to the Lions. They lost to the Colts. They beat your Cowboys. I don't know how. Uh, they lost to the Seahawks, and then they lost to the Rams. They just went one and five right yeah. there. And that shows you how incredibly important DeAndre Hopkins is to that team. I think that speaks more to his ability than it should for the lack of ability of Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Well, because and if you look at these games, this offense never really got off the ground. I mean, 25 was the high. I guess they put up 30 against the Seahawks, but I mean, the Seahawks defense is um, about as comparable as my Cowboy defense. So I don't know if we give them too many praises. I just it's. I don't know. I don't know if I should. I'm taking so much away from the Rams because of the lack that I saw from the Cardinals. But unfortunately, the Rams did play good. I mean, y'all know how I preached about Matthew Stafford. And my biggest thing was uh, Sean McVay, who I think is a very intelligent coach, uh, chose to take the ball out of Matthew Stafford's hands. He only threw the ball 17 times. And I feel like that is the key to success with these Rams team. I do think you want to give Matthew Stafford a minimal chance to beat to beat the, the team he plays on. 
And besides that, uh, shout out to Odell, highest graded receiver. I know y'all all saw that on Twitter. Glad to see him back. Cam Akers, you looked good. Um, prayers up to Buda Baker. Guys, anything else you want to add to this game? Um, nah, man. Like, like you said, prayers up to Buda Baker, man. Um, he tried to go yeah, low on, he... on Acres, man. Ugh. That was, that was, was brutal, a nasty yeah. Position. Yeah, that was so a real nasty Real quick, position. what I want to do is I want to spin us into next week's matchup. Um, the road to eight continues. We don't really need to talk about the Philly game. They got rolled. Uh, Tampa Bay, the Rams. Guys, real quick, I'm going to start with Kath. Kath, tell me some first reaction hearing about this matchup heading into the weekend. Um, I think that it's. I think this is one of the most interesting games besides the um, the Bills Chiefs game, uh, just because the redemption, all that stuff. The mm. uh, what what what's his name, Diggs watching last year, all that stuff. So all that's going to come into play. You know, ESPN is going to do a thing with that. Uh, hell, hell, they even may make a thirty for thirty of it. Um, <laughs> but I, but but seriously, I think that this is honestly, I think that this is the, I think this is one of the Bucks' real chances right here. Uh, and, and real tests right here as well. If, if you look at who they played throughout the regular season, they played the Rams once already. They lost <laughs> they to them 34 to 24. Yeah, they got they mopped. Got and they, mopped. The Bucks arguably had one of the easiest schedules oh, uh, heck, yeah. of, of, the, uh, of the entire league. And the good teams that they played, whenever they played them, like the Bills, the Bills were not playing very good football at that time. Uh, now, I don't know how they – managed to lose two games to the Saints. Shout out Mike, but yes, sir. Other 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 than that, they've had a fairly easy ride to here. And if listen, if Matthew Stafford can play the way that Matthew Stafford just played against the Rams, I mean against the Cardinals, then we're gonna have a, a we're we're gonna have a really good game here. Uh Matthew Stafford didn't just play absolutely out of his mind, but he didn't he didn't win or lose them the game and that's, that's exactly what they what he need to do. do. Mike, real quick, give me some reaction. Tell me what you think about this game headed into the weekend. Um, well, definitely what Kat said, if it's going to come down to if Matthew Stafford can play well, I mean, he, he just managed the game really, um, against the Cardinals. I mean, their defense was all over, um, the Cardinals. And I think that it's going to come down to that for them again, if their defense could get after Tom and disrupt, um, some of the stuff that they have going on. Cause I think he's down, you know, a couple of receivers, you know, the whole Antonio Brown thing. No Chris um, think, Godwin. Yeah. No Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I don't think no matter what anyone says, I don't think he's a hundred percent, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. That, um, and I think that's the most important thing, too, is that he doesn't have the weapons like he had last year. Let's see what Tom Brady right. can do with this. And playing a team that's comparable, not freaking Philadelphia. Hey, exactly. Let me tell you, um, biggest thing for me going into this game, um, Bruce Arians, uh, Mr. Brian Byron Leftwich, we have got to put Mike Evans in motion because Jalen Ramsey will take this man flat out of the football game. That is the quickest way for the Buccaneers to lose is if you just stand Mike Evans out there at the X receiver, he will get blanketed by Jalen Ramsey. I promise yep. you Mike watches it week after week with Marshawn Lattimore. There's yep. no question in my mind. If you do like motion is key. That should be written on the whiteboard in the film room, motion, 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 because we cannot let Mike Evans stand still and get blanketed in this game. The next big one for me with Tampa Bay is the defense need the defense to come out and now granted the philadelphia offense is nowhere even remotely close to the same as the rams offense but we need the same level of intensity as last week we need to disrupt matthew stafford the most important thing with this rams team right now is we gotta stop the run if tampa bay can take the run away and make matthew stafford get into a shootout with tom they have their best chance to win i think matthew stafford will force himself into a mistake but you must 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 stop the run and we saw in the ram or in the um 
Cardinals game that the, the run didn't even wasn't anything amazing. 17 for 55 for Cam Akers and 13 for 58 for uh, Sonny Michelle. That's four yards of carry and three yards of carry. And they kept doing it. So the hardest thing is you got to crush the world to run the football. If you keep letting them run it all game like Arizona does, they just eat the clock up and you need the ball if you're Tampa Bay. I don't know how frequent points are going to be since, like I like Mike said, uh, no Godwin, um, no AB. Is Mike Evans that guy? I don't know. Tyler Johnson had a rough week last week against the Eagles. Is he that guy? I don't know. Um, Gronkowski is 95 years old. Is he that guy? I don't know. And that's my biggest concern with this Buccaneers team going into this game is the ability to score points with the Rams. Because if the defense doesn't hold, you're going to have to get into a shootout. And I don't think that's exactly what Tom runs right now. So highlight that defense. Guys, next one I want to talk about. This is a personal favorite of Kath. The Cincinnati Bengals are now in the biggest game of Joey B's career against a very, very professional Tennessee Titans team. Kath, tell me what you expect from your Bengals going into this one. I expect nothing less, less than what I saw from uh, from them last week against the against the Wrangles, uh, Raiders. <laughs> um, listen, Joey B is playing probably his best football of his career. Um mm-hmm. And, and he's doing it at a very high level. He's doing it at a very confident level. And I think that speaks to who he is. Um, he, he's a very competent uh, quarterback. So I, I think the Bengals are going to come out, and I think they're going to wax Tennessee personally. Uh, the only – how they have to do that is they have to account for Derrick Henry, but not also not overreact to Derrick Henry as well. I think these teams, whenever Derrick Henry is in the game and he's running the football, they overreact to him. And then it, it, it leaves guys like A.J. Brown – Julio Jones, all these guys one-on-one, and I'm taking that over almost anything in that game. Ryan Tannehill just has to get the ball to him, and honestly, I don't know if he can necessarily do that just yet, but I think the uh, if, if the Bengals can account for Derrick Henry, not overreact to Derrick Henry, win the, uh, win, win the battle in the trenches, it, at least make it to where it's not as lopsided as it, as it could be. I think the Bengals have a really good shot of winning this football game. Uh, uh, and, and, and playing an AFC championship game. Mark, yeah. I'm going to throw it to you. Give me the same thing. What do you see from this Bengals-Titans game? Do you believe in the Bengals like Cap does? I mean, I, I more than 100% agree with Kath. Um, I just think they need to, you know, it's going to come down to the Bengals defense. Like he said, um, everybody take care of their assignments. Um, you know, don't overreact to Derrick Henry. And um, I think they just come out there and try to minimize, you know, stay disciplined. Uh, try to minimize penalties, like you know, unlike your Cowboys last week. But, <laughs> but um, yeah. So I think if they if everybody takes care of their job, I don't, I don't have much confidence in this Tennessee Titans defense. I think the Bengals offense needs to come out there and um and try to you know get established established a run early and um you know just come out fast, come out and play hard and fast and try to try to score um as soon as possible. So I don't think I, I think the Bengals won't have a problem with this one. But that's just me. We'll talk about more about that on Friday. I uh hold on I'm I'm calling local uh Lubbock PD there's I think I heard some shots fired right there um I really wish Mike I really wish Mike would have been oh man me and him would have been cracking jokes the whole time hold on I'm about to hurt their feelings a little bit more right here guys I'm gonna push back on both of you gentlemen's takes and I'm actually gonna lean in the direction of the Tennessee Titans in this football game um, I, I, I have nothing wrong with anything that these gentlemen said. I think they hit it all on the head. Uh, Joey B is the most important pro- uh, guys. I have to be a little bit realist with you guys. This Cincinnati roster is the worst roster left in these games. I mean, this roster, I don't even think you can say 
it's comparable to any of these other teams' rosters, the way these other guys are top-heavy. I guess Tennessee's the one that it's most comparable to, and luckily that's the matchup. But unfortunately, I believe – Yeah, Jamar Chase and A.J. Brown are having the same year. I mean, really, Jamar Chase is having a better year than anybody else. If you look at Joe Mixon, of course he's not Derrick Henry. Of course he's not, but he's he's got 1,200 yards on the season. Yeah, he's Joe Burrow is – That's not debatable. Joe Burrow is way better than Ryan Tannehill is right now. That so. is very true. That is the biggest I'll second, reason I'll why – I'll second that notion. <laughs> biggest reason why um, <clears throat> Cincinnati stays in this game for me is because of Joe Burrow and the way he's playing because I think if you say Joe Burrow has been anything less than perfect I think QBR leads us down the road of perfect I think completion percentage leads us down the road of perfect I think touchdown interceptions leads us down the road to perfect so and that is my biggest concern in this game is because y'all know how I feel about Ryan Tannehill he is damn straight below average but unfortunately I think the pieces around him are more than competent enough to not only compete in this football game, but win this football game. I have no problem with Zach Taylor on the Cincinnati uh, sideline. I have a lot of confidence in Mike Vrabel, what Mike Vrabel brings. And I think uh, they're going to give the Cincinnati offensive line some issues. I think they're going to give Joey B some issues because they're going to make him uncomfortable. I think we're going to see a repeat of what Max Crosby did last week, but from from a unit. And the biggest thing for me with this Tennessee Titans is Kavion Bird is our highlight. He is our player to watch. He is the most important player for the Tennessee Titans. If he can get this secondary on pace and guarding somebody, just stop letting people fly up and down the sideline like we saw the Chiefs do a couple weekends. And I, then I feel like Tennessee's got a great shot. Uh, I don't know if Derrick Henry will be at 100%, but hell, Derrick Henry at 30% no, is more than enough for me. I yeah, can. but he's not even, but they haven't even said that he's playing or not. Now no, he's come in on, practice. He, he's playing. I know he's he, he's going through padded practice right now, but at the same time, if he's a shell of what he is, I get it. Even having him out on the field, but at, at what point do the Bengals understand that and still play the Titans the, the way that everybody's played the Titans for the last five weeks, type deal? So uh, Vrabel has yet to come out and say now. He, Derrick Henry said he feels good and he wants to he wants to play. Because he's he a dog. Apart. He's a dog. Let him off the leash, Mike Vrabel. Don't <laughs> listen to the doctors. Don't listen to the doctor. You let him off the leash. Hey, gentlemen, I have a quick question for both of y'all. So do y'all think either one of these teams um, can compete in the AFC, AFC championship against Absolutely the Bills or not. Chiefs? One of these teams are signing up for a barn doors blasting against whoever wins <laughs> the other game. But, I mean, oh, I don't know. I don't, them getting there. I don't know about the Bengals. I don't know if the Bengals are going to get the barn doors blown off for them. Let, let, let's not let's not just sit here. They beat the Chiefs just three weeks ago. I give you that, but postseason football is very different. I, I, I have agree. A, I have issue with the Bengals getting out of this game. I'm not as confident as you two gentlemen are. Y'all just feel like they're going to walk all over Tennessee. And I, just, I don't think that they're just going to walk all over Tennessee necessarily. But also, let's let let's be honest here. Tennessee hadn't played in a in a week and a half. That can either be really good or really bad. Facts. Same for the Packers. Like, I feel like for the well, the, the Packers are a little bit different because they have a Hall of Famer at quarterback, and the Tennessee Titans have a Hall of Haulers um in Brian Tannehill. And I feel like with the rest is only so important to the Tennessee Titans because they were so damn banged up. And AJ Brown on a week and a half of rest is exactly what he needed. Julio Jones is damn near ready for a retirement home. So every week he get off is just a blessing in disguise. <laughs> they needed time for Derrick Henry to get back on the field. So, I mean, this is the week and a half. I get what you're saying with the, the time away from football, but it's exactly what the Tennessee Titans needed. Hell, even Bud Dupree was a little bit banged up. Give him yeah, a week they're, and a half they're off. Fairly, they're a fairly old team. They are. And that's what I'm saying. So it, I just – I, I don't have any – don't get me wrong. I got nothing against what Joey B and they and, w- and what they've done. I just don't have confidence in them to molly you off the Titans in this game. I feel like the Titans are just too competent, and I feel like Derrick Henry is going to bring us more than what we're expecting. And that's – I just have 
I just have a hard time. I just, I've got that feeling and I can't lean Cincinnati's way. Uh, I don't want to lean the Tennessee Titans way because I'm looking at this freaking picture of Ryan Tannehill and he looks so stupid. He looks so stupid. And it pains me to say this, but unfortunately Mike Vrabel and these guys around him, I think are going to be enough to put him not only in position to compete in this football game, but in a position to win this football game. And like I said, guys like we need KV on bird, need Rashawn Evans, need Jalen Brown. We need Bud Dupree. We need those guys to step up and play their best. But I think if they do, they will be more than enough to win this football game. Gentlemen, Next one I want to talk about is uh, one that I don't really know if we'll debate it. Um, it's an NFC or it's a rematch of the a- NFC title game from what, two seasons ago, Aaron right. Rodgers looking to get some revenge on Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Mike, I'm going to start with you. Give me some initial thoughts going into Packers 49ers part two. I mean, um, it's definitely going to come down to it's, it's been my, my talk all day today. Uh, the Packers defense, man, y'all can't let Debo Samuel just go crazy again. Um, like he's been doing these past couple of weeks, like he did to your Cowboys last week, but that's neither here or there again. Um, but it, yeah, the, the Packers defense really has to come out here and just play. Um, I think I, I have too much, like more than enough confidence in Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to come out here and put up <laughs> points on the board. So I think it's just going to be up to their defense if they can, um, you know, if they can shut down Jimmy G and Debo Samuel and those guys over there wearing red and um, red and gold. So I think I think the Packers won't have a um if they if they take care of business they should win this game they should they shouldn't have a problem winning this football game. What about you, Kath? How do you feel about this one heading in? Uh, I think honestly it's kind of disrespectful that the line is minus six. It I should be so like too. minus. It should be like minus twelve and a half. Now let me tell you something. Here's why. <laughs> wow. Here's why. The 49ers, I have. They beat your Cowboys. Congratulations. But watching that game made me have less confidence of them going to Green Bay and beating Green Bay. If we're going to be honest, I we said that on if, Monday. They didn't win. I mean, the Cowboys just chose to lose. Lost, that was the biggest right, difference. Right, exa- exactly. If we're going to be honest, who's who has a better matchup against Green Bay? It's absolutely Dallas, and Dallas should have won the game. But yet here we are. And the 49ers, I have absolutely no confidence in Jimmy G. I mean, Jimmy G looked like he was a JV2 high school quarterback in the second he got half. A shoulder sprain, too. Questionable. Um, and, le- him, and, and let me, him, and let me tell Warner you something. And Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa is questionable. Fred Warner will play. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy G will be game time. That was, that, was my, that was my next point, was that the reason why they looked as bad as what they did was because Jimmy G was banged up. And I think really the biggest thing is Nick Bosa being uh, having to leave early from that game. And, it, and it, it, listen – if you give Aaron Rodgers that kind of time, like they were giving Dak Prescott, see you later. It doesn't matter how many weapons Green Bay has. Hell, my little sister st- could be catching balls out there. And exactly. if he had that much time, she, he'd find a way to get her open. And that is my – If Nick Bosa does not play in this football game, the 49ers are in big trouble. Eric Armstead I think is not they're already – I already I, think I they're agree. in trouble. And listen, it's it's Green Bay. It's in January. It's playoff football. They're 8-0 uh, at that home. That was my next one. And the fact that you have to go to Lambeau basically makes it impossible for you to win. Now, granted, don't get me wrong. Uh, 49ers have done that before. NFC title game two years ago, they mopped them in Lambeau. No, I think I that was in – I'm pretty sure that was in San Fran. Um, Listen, here's what, I, here's what I'm saying. Aaron anyway, Rodgers yeah. is going to continue his MVP caliber season. He's going to finish the year – uh, with with the MVP, he's gonna win himself a Super Bowl. He's gonna win Super Bowl MVP, um, and then he's gonna retire, or he's gonna go to San Fran well, or something. Uh, I will not agree with that because the road to eight is on. But anyway, the biggest thing for me with the 49ers is the 49ers have been consistently these last couple of weeks in the 17 to 27 point range. If you only score that many points against this Packers team, you will lose. You are not holding. They put safe. that, bro. They put that up in the first quarter. 
if you if you give them the opportunity, Aaron Rodgers will put 17 on you, hang that on you in the first quarter. That's what I'm saying. And if if Sam Fran, you either have to improve the secondary play because the secondary play was not enough against my Cowboys. You just got blessed by quarterback play. Aaron Rodgers will not be the same case. If there's somebody running down the field, I promise you Aaron Rodgers will put the ball in between the numbers of their jersey. That is not a question. And that is my biggest concern with this 49ers team. I don't think they will be able to score enough points to complete with the, to compete with the Packers quarterback plays, not enough. And the running game is not as good. If you remember when they took them apart in the NFC title game, a couple seasons ago, it's because the Packers couldn't stop the run. Uh, the Packers run defense is still not anything impressive, but I think it'll be enough to at least uh, maybe not stop the run, but minimize the run, make Jimmy G throw a couple of passes. And if we see that 49ers have absolutely positively no shot, because I, 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 I mean, the 49ers were, were a better running, you know, um, a better running team at that point. You know, Ooh. Ryan Moster is back there, Brita. You know, Ryan Morstead was a baller, too. He got banged up by some injuries since his 49ers career. But I uh, don't get exactly. me wrong, Elijah Mitchell is competent. Debo Samuel is competent. It's just not the same, man. Those are the, the same. Yeah. They were right. 125 they were like, yards a game that season. Max. That is that is Michael Wilson football, if I've ever seen it. So I'm listen, telling, man. I, I, I want to point this out because we did touch on that they are playing Green Bay. Their last the, the, the last time that they played a team with an open stadium was uh, uh, Cincinnati uh, when they played at Cincinnati. And then the, the one before that was Seattle the week before. That was December 5th. They haven't played in an open field stadium with weather as bad as Green Bay all year. All year. And, and you're asking a banged-up Jimmy Garoppolo, who's average at best, to play in that. Well, honestly, I would roll my dice if I'm San Francisco. And now I will not question anything Kyle Shanahan does because y'all know I think he is a genius and a guru. But honestly, I would roll my dice with with, uh, Trey Lance. I would just throw him out there. If he's terrible, he's terrible. If he's great, maybe it's better. Because we know the ceiling with Trey Lance is higher than Jimmy G. So the statistical likelihood of him playing at his best is not incredibly high. But the the statistical likelihood is still there. What is it, 4 or 5%? I'd rather roll those dice and go out there with. The I don't know if I do that. Bro. I don't hey, know. I don't know. As we're talking about it, and as I'm thinking, do not be surprised if this game gets out of hand. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. it could. That's why I said it was disrespectful for it to be minus six, bro. Yeah, right. It could easily get ugly, and we know how Aaron Rodgers is about holding grudges. I promise you, he has not let go of the AFC title game for a couple. Seasons. Oh hell no. If you give him a chance to embarrass you, I promise you, he will embarrass you. He'll go up to the post game, make some Jeopardy jokes about retiring, make it seem like he didn't even care about the game, make you question your self-confidence. You go in the offseason crying every time you see the mirror. I promise you, if (laughs) if they don't bring the A game, Aaron Rodgers will make it as ugly as he needs to be in that football game. Guys, real quick, any final thoughts before we rotate us out of here? Um, Definitely. I definitely want to give a a shout-out to Derek Carr, man. Um, Oh, okay. I can get down for some Derek Carr love. Yeah, he went down, but man, what he had to endure this season, you know, he still found a way to. I mean, they only ended up with eight losses on the record. They they made the playoffs. I mean, um, I, I just feel like Derek Carr is just he's done the best um that he could absolutely do, and you know, navigating through that dumpster fire of organization right now. He'll be the cheapest quarterback trade asset wise. How would you feel about your Saints getting the mix for Derek Carr? Ooh, I. Uh. I don't know. That's more. I think that's more offseason talk because there's a lot of different variables that go into that. So um, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't need, really. You don't need that. him. I, yeah. I, I, but I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be mad if we did because I mean, Jameis is coming off of a an ACL tail. Yeah. Uh, right. So it's like, and I don't. I don't want Taysom Hill being the guy. So <laughs> I wouldn't be mad at that. But I mean, no love for Trevor Simeon sitting back there. I was gonna say, what I, about what about Trevor Simeon? Ian no. Book. 
No. Ian Book? No, that's um, not the answer. Absolutely not. <laughs> Ian Book can go back to Notre Dame for all I care. <laughs> hey, go um, re-enroll. Take that last year of eligibility, big bro. <laughs> yeah, but definitely shout out to Derek Carr, man. I just I just feel so bad for him, man. I really do. Because that organization, I mean, I think they just fired their GM, uh, Mike yeah, Maycock. No telling what's going what's going to happen with that um, organization. Mike, Mike Cock is in his hand. He's officially out of the building. That Sell the team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come <laughs> on, Tim. They just relocated. Can't tell the team. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, uh, shout out to the Raiders and the dumpster fire that is Las Vegas. At least you got that pretty stadium, I guess. Real quick, guys, we're (laughs) going to spin gears a little bit here. I'm going to take us into the National Basketball Association. The return of the mic means return of the Lakers talk. I know we've been a little light on the NBA talk these past couple episodes, but do not worry. We've got you right here. Michael Wilson, Frank Vogel on the hot seat, Magic Johnson saying blasphemy on Twitter. The Lakers did beat the Jazz, though. At least it's looking good on the court. Tell me how you feel about your Lakers and all these moving pieces going on right now. Okay, I want to start off. I want to address a few things first off. First off, I'm going to address Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson, shut your mouth. Um, after, <laughs> I mean, um, you LeBron, okay, so I watched LeBron's uh, talk show, The Shop, and he talked about the Magic Johnson situation when Magic Johnson stepped wow, down. Bailed. Yeah, so Magic Johnson, you really gave up. Um, you showed who you are as a person. Um, mm-hmm. you showed a lot of your integrity. It was year one. Um, that was when Lonzo Ball and and Brandon Ingram and all and Josh Hart were still in town. And um, he didn't get. I think it was like halfway through the season, and he stepped down. And he was saying, you know, he had his reasons or whatever. But I just, I just see it as you're a coward, and um, he didn't want to, you know, he didn't want to. He, he didn't want to put the work into it. Exactly. Man. He, he didn't respect no, the process. He, he had no problem uh, showing up for that banner race, clouting that championship, coming exactly. out of the bubble. So, he had no right. problem putting on his Laker gold for those. Exactly. So anything you have to say about the Lakers, Magic Johnson, um, is irrelevant if you ask me. So uh, that we got that out of the way. Now, Lakers, I want to address y'all. Um, I think the biggest thing moving forward with us is we need to get some kind of consistency going, man. This season has been an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> uh, one night we look like a championship team. Next night we look like we're a G League team or not even that. <laughs> but, I mean, shout out to them Monday night, man. That was a great game they played against the it Jazz, was, man. It was. it was a great game. I mean, Russell Westbrook, if you that could play body like that. Bag? Oh, without getting on Rudy Gobert. Oh, exactly. that was filthy. And he looked like he wasn't in that game. If you watch that game, he wasn't forcing anything. He was just letting the game come to him. Yeah, and I think actually. that's just how you have to play, Russ. Don't you don't have to not every play has to be 110 miles per hour. Sometimes yeah, let him know, down. Mike. Let him know. Yeah, and, and let the game come to you. Now, my biggest problem is we just need some consistency. I don't know if if Frank Vogel is the problem. I mean. Uh, he's been trying. I mean, he's been trying different lineups, different, um, you know, different rotations every time. I like Russell Westbrook. Um, he was on the bench for a lot of the last game, but when he was in, you know, he got he gave some good minutes. Um, I just, I don't know. Um, if they do fire him, it's just like, dang, you know, then we're gonna have to get the chemistry up with a new coach. It's just another process that that's we're gonna my have to thing. Hey, that's my thing about it, Mike. Is is let's say you do fire Frank Vogel, right? And and, and right. honestly, that's not a, a far-fetched idea, obviously, uh, because people are, or they, they've already said that it's they're going to evaluate him on a game-to-game basis. But what do you get from it, right? Like, what do you what, what do you get positive back from it? If anything, it's going to shake the team up a little bit more. I, maybe well, not me, because – explain may, to you all, um, this is a good old-fashioned salary cap kicker. So what happens with the Lakers is they cannot make a change on the court. 
And since you can't make a change on the court, you, you still have to make a change. You're playing 500 basketball, you're below expectations, and you're letting the fans down. So in order to make that change, there's only one place you can turn to, and that's off the court. And when you get to the guys in the suit and ties, you can't really fire the GM in the middle of the season because at the end of the day, the fans don't see him every game. Head coach right. is the guy they see every game. It's the easiest guy to put the blame on. You know for a fact Rob Polinka is not going to come out here and say this is LeBron's fault. Then he'll be fired before the end of the night, too. We can't have that. So, I mean, I guess no, no, the, not easy, even, bro. the easiest way to go is Cannon Frank Vogel. And, unfortunately, Frank Vogel is going to be the guy who has to fall on the sword for this one. And if it's not now, I promise you Frank Vogel will not make it through this season unless the Lakers find that consistency Mike was preaching about. And the good news, though, for Frank Vogel, uh, you'll find a new gig. Don't you worry about this. This is not the end of your tenure. Uh, The bad news for the Lakers, uh, they're going to hire Dave Fisdale, who's the assistant coach on the bench right now. And that's fine. That's another Braun guy. He's got absolutely no clue in hell how to solve this Lakers team. Honestly, I don't know if Phil Jackson has a solution to solve this Lakers team. So I don't really think coach is the issue. Y'all could carousel that position all season if you wanted to. I don't think it'll really change anything. Uh, Hey, could you you imagine if Rob Polinka really said that, bro, 30 seconds after that stuff came out of his mouth he'd get a text you're done yeah i, I promise <laughs> jenny you bus uh, you're done adam a- adam silver might might actually personally call him and tell him call him yeah. <laughs> you know, he would be like sitting in his office and then all of a sudden like like blast doors would drop over the door and the windows and like he'd be locked in he'd get like strapped to the chair and they'd be like please don't move until emergency personnel comes and responds and SWAT hey, team man. would come in, cart him out the building, ship him out of L.A. He'd be spending 10 years in Guantanamo Bay for disrespecting LeBron. And But anyway, I feel like <laughs> – Hey, one more one more thing, um, Calvin. Um, update on uh, street clothes. Unfortunately, uh, you were right. You said, you know <laughs> – I told never, you. I mean, it's been like a month since he's played. And, that I mean, that was the max that they said he would be out. But, I mean up- – but yeah, an update an update came out uh, yesterday. I said everything looked good and clean with Anthony Davis's checkup tonight. Um, and he will be cleared for on for an on court ramp up. But there's still no timetable for it for his return. And um, oh Lakers God, faithful, bro. Lakers faithfuls, let me um let me address y'all really quickly because I saw on Twitter a lot of people were reacting to that news saying you know this is how our season's gonna turn around. Wait till we get AD back. The thing about <laughs> it is when AD was quote unquote healthy because I don't know if that guy's ever really healthy. Um, <laughs> No shade, no shade to him, just keeping it real. But you know, even when he was healthy, he was he was he was underachieving, you know, when he was playing. So it's like, dang, you know, even whenever he gets back in the swing of things, we're still gonna have to figure out a way to get him um uh, if I'm not mistaken, playing, like, Anthony Davis was shooting uh 18% behind the three-point line before he got hurt. So uh, let's just say AD coming back will not fix any problems, but just add new ones to the mix because his <laughs> jump shot is broke as a joke right now. Exactly. But no, I definitely I definitely agree with everything Mike said. Uh, Anthony Davis is not somebody that can be consistently reliable on because, like I said, he never hits his returns. Never, ever. And the thing is, is like they say he's going to get ready to ramp back up. That means we still have two to three more weeks before we see AD back. And I'm willing to bet you he doesn't hit that timetable either because he never hits his freaking timetables. And like the good news is, is the Lakers have brought themselves out of the muck that they were in a couple of weeks ago, because if you don't, don't forget a couple of weeks ago, we pulled the alarm on the Lakers. And Back. the good news is they have climbed their way out of that mucky, disgusting basketball that they were playing. It looks like they at least have a decent, well, that's not true. The other day against the Nuggets game, they completely passed on playing basketball, but that's not important because against the Utah, they looked lively. They looked spirited. I don't know if the chemistry's there, but they're at least playing hard. The bad news for your Lakers um, there, I have officially come to the realization that the Lakers are not going to be able to make a move at all this season. Um, trade pack. There are too many. There are not enough sellers and way too many buyers this year 
And what that means is that the Lakers won't have enough assets to really spark somebody's interest. They can't trade a first round pick till 2027. Unfortunately, you're not going to be able to excite me. Like, how would y'all feel if I offered you something that doesn't activate until 2027? Like, I don't think that would really get you off the couch in the morning. So unfortunately, that will that will <laughs> hamper the Lakers' ability to make a trade because other teams have assets like Buddy Heald, Ben Simmons, guys like that, CJ McCollum, who are on the move. So uh, the Lakers in the buyout market, uh, they did clear a couple roster spots. They might be able to buy it. If somebody gets bought out, the Lakers could bring him in. But I, won't, I don't think we'll see any serious improvement on the court. Guys, um, some bad news. I'm going to spin us over uh, to where a place that we have plenty of good news. But unfortunately, I'm going to have to start with some bad news. Uh, for my Dallas Mavericks, Miles Turner did, I think it was a foot injury that is going to keep him out until after the trade deadline. Uh, don't quote me on the foot injury part, but do quote me on the out until the trade deadline part. And the out until the trade deadline tells us that Ma uh, the Miles Turner trade hype is officially done. No one will trade for a broken toy right now. So it sounds like my Mavs are going to go ahead and uh, look their assets in a different direction. Where that direction is, I don't know. It might just be staying at home. Uh, but uh, let's go. Let's talk on the court real quick, gentlemen. My Mavs uh, did find a way to beat the Thunder. Uh, it was a, a lot tighter game than I would have liked. Shea Gilgis Alexander was once again phenomenal. We have preached on the show when this kid is mainstream. Y'all remember you heard it here first because we have talked about Shea Gilgis since basically the start of the season because this kid has been phenomenal since the start of the season. And he absolutely dueled it out with my Mavs last night. My Mavs did play a little casual, but the good news is we found a way to win. We are six games over 500. Gentlemen, uh, anybody want to give me some reaction to my Mavs? We feeling good, bad, average about my Mavs? You're a little bit more unbiased than I am. Yeah, I'm feeling I'm feeling a little good about your Mavs on there. They're, you know, if we go back two or three weeks, they were in the same position as my Lakers. A hundred percent. We're getting ready five. for the alarm. Uh, did we yeah. actually pull it? I don't think we ever actually pulled it, but I got dangerously close to yanking it on yeah, my you Mavs. Got I think you pulled it on Jason Kidd, though. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. I did. I'll I'll, I'll respond to that after Mike's done with his take. But yeah, um, I'm I'm feeling pretty much better. I mean, I still think Luca needs to play a little bit better. Um. You know, I'm still not there. Huh? Yeah, my my expectations are a little high for him, though. So I'll give him a little bit of slack, but I still think he needs to play a little bit better. But moving forward, man, I, I'm liking what I'm seeing from these Mavs right now. Kath, real quick, you've been very critical of Baby Bird. What have you seen from the <laughs> Mavs since Luca's returned? I haven't been very critical of him. I'm keeping him on the scale of what other people put him up there that as is fair. MVP is level fair. caliber player. Exactly. exactly. That's I mean, you don't get the name Baby Bird for free. You know what I'm saying? You got to earn exactly. that. Exactly. Expectations are high. I, man, he just shoots so poorly. Uh, <laughs> every night, baby. That's, every night. Honestly, that that that's my biggest that's my biggest thing against against him is especially come and, postseason. And especially come postseason, exactly, because every possession matters in big games. And if you're telling me that he's shooting like right he, he uh against the Thunder, he was four of seventeen. Like, that's under 40%. I, that's, that's what kept the game close, man. <laughs> 0 for, 0 for 6 from 3, Mavs fans cannot – as much as talent as he brings you, as, as well of a player of, uh, of what he is, you cannot shoot 0 for 6 from 3 and keep yakking him up. You can't shoot 4 for 17 on the night. The only thing that gets him going is the fact that he gets to the free throw line and he was 12 of 14 from the line. Ding, ding, ding. It's but good if, to see him making take, free throws, too. He was shooting 67% from the line earlier. I know. If you if you take out his free throws, which by the way he could absolutely easily get right back to that sixty five percent range, mm -hmm. if you take out his free throws, he scored eight points on the night. Mm, like, that's fair. That's a good point. That's my only that's my only critique about you guys is outside of Luca, I think your second best player is probably Jalen Brunson right now. I'm not even going to put Porzingis in that conversation because Porzingis is just as bad as Luca from shooting from the field. 
uh, DFS is playing fairly well. Is he's playing fairly good as well? No, so no, no, not fairly. DFS, you are playing phenomenal right now, big man. If you keep what you're doing right <laughs> I now, I don't like he, him on. I don't like him on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, I mean, defense, I, I mean, defense side of the ball. Well, no, I, I'm actually going to change the take. I'm going to go the other way. The the pick and pop three is good for me, but DFS is crucial to us. Eight, not only on the glass, but B also what he brings. That he is brings true. So much size and length. He's so long. He can yeah. defend one through five, and that's why DFS is so important because, damn, Luka can't guard a parked car. And Jalen Brunson, I love you no. to pieces, big bro. You The eight assists you <laughs> brought last night was exactly what I needed, but unfortunately you uh, – I mean, y'all shot 39, 40% from the field. That oh, cannot happen. This game right here with OKC was very scrappy. It was very much a, a find a way to win because, like I said, Jay Gilgis was phenomenal in this game. And let me um, respond to Mike's comments real quick about Jason Kidd. Uh, I did pull the alarm on Jason Kidd. He said that, and I had a little PTSD flashback right there, and it came <laughs> back to me. I, I 110% did, and I am um, not going to say I am uh, thrilled with Jason Kidd, but I'm not going to say I'm disappointed in Jason Kidd because, A, the rotation is getting better, and the important thing to remember is a lot of these guys were out for a long time. Like, we went for a little month stretch between COVID and injuries where we were missing a lot of different pieces, and the good news is, is we're starting to find a little bit of consistency with lineup play. Um, the, the thing I'm really happy with Jason Kidd about guys, I know my Mavs are the fourth ranked defense in the NBA, the yeah. fourth ranked uh, on a team that plays with Luka Doncic and Jalen Brunson together consistently is fourth ranked in the league in defense. That is incredible. Well, I think that I, listen, I think that's a, a, a shout out to DFS on the defense side because he can, uh, because he can defend, um, and, and, and Hardaway as well. Uh, THJ is another good one. And one that I'm going to give some love to on the defensive end, the shot blocking has not returned to what it, what it was in New York, but it's getting better. And that is Christoph Porzingis. And I really like, he is um, the fact that he never lost the intimidation factor. Guys are still scared of trying to go up on a seven foot three guy as any grown man would be. I mean, seven foot three is a monster, but unfortunately the block is not the same as what it was in New York. So I'd like to see a little bit more improvement there, but he's still bringing it for me on the defensive end. And like I said, the fact that a Luka Doncic's team is fourth ranked in defense is insane because at the end of the day, the guy is just not an elite defender. There's no way around that. So I really don't have anything but roses right now. And the great thing about the NBA season is it's full of up and down. So I'm sure we'll be back down in no time. But right uh, now, tell me about it. Yeah, right. Mike knows about that roller coaster that he's riding right now. But unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, fortunately, we're six games over 500 right now. We're three games above the Nuggets for the sixth seed. And the good news is, is we're only four games back of the Jazz right now, which is not a huge gap. Maybe make another step up to that four seed, get away from that play-in, which I would love to see. Uh, Mike's Lakers are sitting at 22 and 22 right now. 500 is not a bad place to be, Mike Hunt. Better than under 500. It's better than under, exactly. It's, it's better than under 500. The glass is half full and the Lakers do sit in the eight seed right now, which would mean a play-in game would be in their future. But I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's incredibly bad for the way the season's gone. Uh, guys, the bad news is, is below the Lakers, we do have some sliders. The Clippers continue to slide as they now move to a game under 500. They have moved into the nine seed, and uh, the voice changed for a reason because the Clippers are ready for a funeral. It is time to bury this team. Their season is officially over. Um, prayers to the Clipper fans. Uh, at least you got that new arena to move into because you're going to be moving a bunch of cold corpses into it because this team is dead. <laughs> hey, and I'm still on Patrick Beverly saying that they made they made L.A. a Clippers town. I'm yeah, gonna... unfortunately, you made uh, the Clippers town a graveyard town because this team is dead, and um, – uh, the next one that I want to talk about that is absolutely dead is the Portland Trailblazers. This is another funeral. Yep. See right you here. later. 
Portland Trails Blazers season is over. They are dead. Um, the next team I'd like to talk about is the Sacramento Kings. Uh, the Sacramento Kings, you are also having a funeral. Your season is over. Uh, you're going to bury more bodies in Sacramento, which you've been doing since 2002. So that's not really a big deal. You've got so many bodies buried out there. We could call it a cemetery. Hey, um, don't let Kathy get a pass. That, yeah, right. You're, I'm just saving you from the blows that Jonathan would bring to the, uh, I think the words he would use is poverty franchise that y'all are. Um, the good news when it comes to the Sacramento Kings boys, uh, the Sacramento Kings are going to be shopping their entire team and they might be shopping their team for Ben, ha- uh, ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. I would watch out yeah. for a De'Aaron Fox. Hell of a move. Buddy Heald and uh, Marvin Oof. Bagley. I actually like that move um, for yeah. the Philadelphia. Pop going from a poverty franchise yeah. to a. Just a little I'll, bit better than poverty. I, I, yeah, say, but, I like I mean, him going to the Sixers. Uh, I don't like Ben Simmons coming to Sacramento because that's ben what I'm Simmons. thinking. If he had mental mental problems playing with Joel Embiid, uh, what what kind of mental problems do you think he's going to have playing in that dumpster fire of organization known as the yeah. Sacramento Kings, who I, haven't I, been good since I think what, what was his name? Chris Webber. Uh, Chris, Chris Webber. Yep. Uh, the 2002. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's been a long yeah. time. Stoyakovic. Yeah, Peja Stoyakovic before he came and did his damage on my map. Shout out to Peja. But anyway, yeah. um, the Kings are shopping that entire team. Uh, Buddy Heald, I guarantee you, will get traded. De'Aaron Fox, the contract's a little bit bigger, but he's getting traded. Uh, Marvin Bagley, uh, see you later. Pack your bags. You will be getting a fresh start out of Sacramento as well. So shout out to those guys. Guys, one team that I'm not ready to bury, and I could see them getting into the play-in tournament is Cass San Antonio Spurs. Uh, they do sit at 16 and 28 right now. Basketball has been a little up and down for his Spurs, but I do believe they are in a better spot. Well, did you see that little trade that we made? I did. Uh, I not. I, I'm not really sure why you got in on that. I don't like. I don't uh, either. Brian I know. Seriously, I don't. I don't I, know why. I don't know why. Um, but it, interesting, I guess. Uh, glad to see San Antonio's in the market. I guess I don't know. But uh, the good news is the three teams above you. I just sent to the funeral. I mean, to the slaughterhouse. So they will not be making the playoffs. And the good yeah. news is, is there's two playoff spots still available behind, uh, behind the eight teams above them. And the other one I want to watch out for as. I hate saying watch out for because you can't watch out for this team. It's a dumpster fire. But if Zion comes back, and I keep saying that because we are now, what, three weeks removed from since I've been in Hawaii, and I'm still saying the same thing. If Zion comes back, maybe the Pelicans can make a run for one of those last two spots. Uh, teams, uh, Bro, the, I mean, they're 16 to 28. Like, like that's, that's the, the sorry part about this. That's what I'm saying. Like, that, that's the sorry part about this is that they could actually make they're a two run games back bro they're two games right. back at the 10 seed that I'm is saying. crazy at 16 and 28 in the western conference they are two games back of the 10 seed and the great thing about it is the teams that above them include teams like mike's lakers who he said have been a roller coaster and then the timberwolves are the seven seed anybody on this show want to go on the record saying they trust the timberwolves i doubt it no exactly so i mean i would feel great if i'm the if i'm the pelicans which is painful to say because damn they've been so bad at some points of this season but i mean i guess shout out to brandon ingram keeping the boat afloat if zion comes back maybe and unfortunately shea gill just as thunder are only four games back of the play-in at 14 and 29 but i don't think the shea gill just is enough to get this thunder enough wins to get them into the play-in but like i said the west is going to be jammed packed just because the bottom is so bad and the top is so good uh, we didn't do much talking about the top this episode because there wasn't much talking to do. Um, Golden State beat a really bad Detroit Pistons team to move to three games back of Phoenix. We've seen Phoenix open that hole at the top of the conference a little bit. Real quick, gentlemen, before we move uh, off, I want to talk about the East. Uh, Miami, anybody got love for Miami? Jimmy's triple-double yeah, last was, night? 
I was going to do that as my final take on the NBA, man. Jimmy Butler, um, they did drop a game to the 76, so I think that was this past weekend. But because Joel Embiid's uh, getting ready to go on my MVP board. Don't worry about that one, big bro. Exactly, but they bounced back on Monday night against the Raptors, man. And uh, I don't know, they've, they've done a good job of getting Jimmy Butler uh, back involved since he's returned. And uh, they play team ball, man. I really like this Miami they team. They do, East, man. And the thing I love about this Miami team, uh, shout out to Giannis. Uh, shut the blank up. Uh, he talked more crap about the uh, Heat beat a bubble team. I don't really care because uh, at the end of the day, this team plays together and they play as a unit. And we've seen them without – bro, this team's been banged up all season. They are tied for first place in the East right now. That is incredibly impressive because Jimmy's been out for times. Bam's been out for times. We've never seen Kyle Lowry uh, with these other two guys because they've been out. Uh, Tyler Hero's been being great off the bench. Unfortunately, he's missed time, and it's just been a rotating door. Guys like Gabe Benson are stepping up for this Miami Heat team, and it's good to see them sitting at the top of the East. Guys, one team I want to tell you all is going to slide in the East, um, my Brooklyn Nets. Uh, we talked about this at the end of last episode. Kevin Durant is out four to six weeks. Um, KD, uh, unfortunately, has a little bit of street clothes. Anthony Davis tendencies to miss his return times could easily see that one turning into seven or eight weeks which is not good for the Brooklyn Nets because uh, you know how we feel about James Harden and Kyrie so it'll be interesting to see just how far the Nets slide um, teams behind them Cleveland Cavaliers are playing great basketball gentlemen we haven't talked about the Cavs in a while but they've still done the things that we stressed earlier in the season with size and defensive rotation if they they're another up- team that play as a unit yeah, they 100% do. They know who they are. Everyone on that team knows their role. And if they, like I said, if they keep playing with size length in this defense, got a feeling the Cavs will keep winning basketball games. Teams below them, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, guys, uh, I guess uh, you can say have returned to a little bit of form as they find their stride into the regular season. Giannis is still Giannis, so he is a great regular season talent, and they are just winning basketball games. It's good to see them climb up to the fifth seed. Uh, the next one I really want to talk about, guys, is the Philadelphia 76ers. I hinted at it earlier when Mike brought it up. Uh, Joel Embiid has now ascended into the MVP conversation. He is uh, unfortunately on the outside looking in on the big board right now. But with the Kevin Durant injury, a couple guys will be moving up as KD slides down. I bet you Joel Embiid will get in the mix because he's played absolutely phenomenal over these couples, uh, these last couple of weeks, guys. I think Joel Embiid is showing that the Sixers made the right call picking him over Ben Simmons. I don't think either of you two gentlemen will push back on me on that take. Y'all have been very anti-Ben Simmons as the rest of us uh and mm-hmm. the team right below the sixers the the charlotte hornets guys can't protect the rim anybody got love for Lamelo as they can uh find their way above 500 i love yeah i love Melo. yeah i like watching them play definitely the same way i think he's so. fun they need a few more pieces over there fun watch I think the Hornets are one who should um, say uh, screw it on the Miles Turner injury and bring him in anyways, because damn, do they need some rim protection? And I think Miles Turner is exactly the guy this Hornets team needs um, teams below the East after the seventh seed. I'm really not interested in some of the poverty franchises, or I guess not poverty franchises, but poverty teams we've seen this season who continue to struggle. Uh, Mike, while you were gone, we did pull the alarm on the Celtics. You want to give us some take on that? How do you feel about the Celtics? I was just about to say, are we not going to talk about these Celtics, man? I mean, um, Definitely. I, I want to take it back to what Marcus Smart said. Um, are we are we finding that it was a lot of truth to what he was saying that um Jalen Brown and, and um Jalen Tatum? I mean, uh, what's Ooh, his name? that's Tatum. a good point. That now, is a damn good point. They're not, the, they are not the closers of, of, you know, that they I don't know. They're not fulfilling the role. That remember just, when I remember when I said that, though? Yeah, you did I say said, that. I said I said maybe he is on to something, but you, you still say, can't I say that. I remember. Yeah, and I gave Kevin a lot of heat. I lit him up when he said that. I said, I don't think so. I think both of these guys are alpha males. And 
It's, it looks like it's coming into fruition, man. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. Was Marcus Smart right? I don't know, man. Um, They're definitely like, going to um, run into the problem because they're barely above five, playing barely above 500. That's what I was about to say. Right now. Forecast the rest of the Celtics season and what you would do as the Celtics moving forward. Cap, that I'm going to pass you for the same question. What would you do? What do you forecast for the rest of the season and what do you think they'll do moving forward? Um, Definitely, I would I would go – Um. I definitely would go because I mean Dennis Schroeder has been playing okay. I mean, but he put in forty-one minutes the other night. It's like, uh, it's, he's not gonna, you know, he's not that guy. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I don't, I, I really don't know what I would do at this point. I mean, in the season, um, in this can this freedom, hey, the, the trade deadline's still away. You could trade Jalen Brown right freaking now. But, no, but for who? Man, oh, yeah, but yeah, that's that was my thing for who and that's then what? what? Seven. No. It's- <laughs> Where, where's the other where's the other offensive stuff gonna come from Dennis exactly. Schroeder hell no can't take a risk on Miles Turner the injury's not enough to trade Jalen Brown right actually let's take him like what if you take a shot at Indiana as a package and you grab all three of their guys you get Turner Sabonis and Levert a first round pick. pick what they do you have to send Jalen Brown but I mean and you just brought in somebody, three quality starters you get Karis Levert uh, fills the guard role that you lose with Jalen Brown you bring in Sabonis, who even if he goes to the bench, he still brings you offensive flair and creativity. He might Listen, be I think that's an I think that is I think that's an offensive. I mean, uh, an offseason move. I, if you're moving Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, which by the way, I think Jason Tatum I, I think so. stay and Brown's the guy to leave. But I think Brown's I think that, go, yeah. Um, I think that's I think, an offseason conversation, not not a trade deadline. You know where Jalen Brown would be really damn good. Where bro, the Dallas the Mavericks, the Dallas freaking Mavericks. Who it, would y'all trade, bro? He could. I don't. Uh, he could have every first round pick until twenty thirty five. For all I care, and we could bring in Jalen Brown. That sounds good to me. They could have a package <laughs> of Brunson. Uh, in order for the salaries to have to match, they'd have to take THJ too, and then they could have Josh Green or one of the young kiddos to Moses Brown, whichever one they wanted, and then we'd send them three first round picks. No, two first round picks. Jalen Brown's not worth three first round picks. Two first round picks, and then the pay- uh, the players as well. It's definitely not as good a package as what Indiana could offer, but uh, I mean, dude, what else is? Uh, are you gonna trade him to? The Bulls, the Bulls, the Bulls aren't going to tear up their core. The Nets, the Nets are set. The Bucks, I don't think he's. I don't know if Chris Middleton. Uh, they're willing to give away Chris Middleton for him. The Why Warriors. Would they? I mean, he's their closer come playoff time. What about the Warriors? Maybe Andrew Wiggins and some pieces coming back. Uh, I, I don't see the Warriors making that. No, man. Listen, I'm telling you, it doesn't even matter. Just like for the Celtics, just go. Like you, you're not in any position to win. I'm sorry, you're not in any position to I win. Agree. Keep Jalen Brown, and and why? And, and honestly, why would you even blow the team up to begin with? Like I don't I think agree, I don't think that there's a person that you could trade for on the other side. That's what I'm. I don't think that there's a person that you could trade for that's going to come in and immediately make an impact on your team. Uh, and we're not even talking about locker room. We're not even talking about fan engagement. We're not even talking about any of that. There's nobody on the market that would be able to come in and just absolutely a replace Jalen Brown's production. And that's B, the big one. He's 20 point. And, then, and then people got to remember that. Exactly. And B have it go to wins. I mean, that's not even the conversation going into the offseason, whether you make the playoffs or not, whether you get that, whatever it is, go into, go into the offseason and figure it out there and see who you can deal and who you can't deal. And there's a whole lot more stuff that's open in the offseason than in the trade deadline. That I don't is think definitely they true. Settle right that now. is definitely true. The offseason, a lot more people are looking to do business in the offseason versus the trade deadline. It's certainly a good point. 
And like I said, it's something we'll keep an update on because, you know, we love watching dumpster fires. And as the Celtics continue <laughs> to burn, I mean, I guess the game over 500, we can say they're doing a little bit better, but it is not looking great out there in Boston. Guys, real quick, I'm going to progress this to getting out of here. I'm going to open us up to final takes. I do have a very interesting final take, but I'm going to start with you, gentlemen. Mike, give me a final take before we get out of here. Anything we missed this episode? Um, not really. Um, like I said, I kind of hinted at it earlier, man. UNT on a three game or a four game, <laughs> I believe, win streak. Uh, we're 11 to four on the season, man. I'm telling you, look out for us they, in that. They just being mean and green, you know, and he can't say anything other than that. They just be a mean and green. Exactly. That's my game, final so. take. I have a better one on Friday, though, because, man, I'm going to take us into the MMA world on Friday. But okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll throw it over here to my boy Cass. Cass got a final take for me, real quick. Yeah, uh, Texas Tech beat Iowa State yesterday. We are the only team in the country that has four top 15 wins. The only uh, one, he says. Ooh, the only one in the country. Sitting alone. Here's the, thing with, here's the thing with the Big 12. After this week, the Big 12, uh, every single road game that would be played in the Big 12 as of right now would be a quality one win. Uh, that is that that's, has never, ever really happened before. Every single one of them. Uh, they're all ranked in, in Kim Palm's top 65, so – uh, that that's a big that's deal. Crazy. But I think what I think deal. what made it sweeter was the fact that Texas also lost. Here's one. Here's one thing that I want to to get out there. Um, February first is going to be incredible, obviously. But here's some news about February first. Do you guys want to know who's coming to Lubbock, Texas, on February first? Who is Cap? Tell me. <laughs> the Woo Man himself, Ric Flair. He will be in <laughs> Lubbock, Texas, on February first. I swear to God, he's coming. He's gonna. He just got announced just a couple of minutes ago. Well, about thirty minutes ago, I saw it. I was like, "What in the hell?" He's coming February first. It's gonna be a big game. The uh, Rolex basketball. wearing, diamond ring wearing, kids diamond kids. ring. Yes, willing, willing. Legend is what le- legend is what that is. I'll probably write up a story about that or something. But, uh, but no, man, Texas Tech. We're I, how we only moved up one spot. Oh, don't, don't get me started on the AP. Hey, don't even, we did this don't last even get me started. Don't give me started. Don't even get me please. started on it because because Texas only moved, didn't even move back. And listen, Texas has been absolutely. Texas, has you been, suck, bro. You has suck. been more than bad. Let me tell. Let me tell you something. Here's what I saw. Hey, you and T is I, better than UT right now. I'll put that one on the record. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean it. I mean it. Hey, I'll take the mean here's, green. Hashtag here's, go mean green. <laughs> Bro, here's what I want y'all to do. I want y'all, I want, I want both of you gentlemen, or maybe I'll just send it to you. I'm gonna send you a video of what our student section looked like yesterday. Just the student section, not not fan. No, no, just the student section. And then I want to show, and then I'm gonna send you a picture of the entire Texas arena. <laughs> students, fans, everybody. I'm gonna tell you something right now. There was leaving more early. students. At, they was leaving early. No, there was more. Four students at the game. No, and this was game time. Like this was this was a minute and a half into the game. You could probably count out mm, maybe like a thousand people in that stadium. We had over <laughs> four thousand students in our arena yesterday. Anyways, had to throw some love yeah, over there because we just beat cool. a top fifteen Honestly, Iowa State team. I They're appreciate good. that. Any chance to trash on UT makes my day just a little bit Rick better. Rick Flair, so, woo! Uh, and you know what? I love the Rick Flair love too. You really got Michael excited on that one too. So shout out to Cass. <laughs> He's gonna get an A plus for his final take grade. Thank you, I appreciate guys. It. Real quick, final take. Uh, I'm gonna turn conspiracy turn unconspiracy because the investigation started this morning uh, overseas. The uh, English Premier League is getting ready to start its Black Sox saga as we did have an official investigation, not unofficial, not under the desk, official FA investigation, as uh, there was a guy who was yellow carded in a game two or three weeks ago, and it was the fourth 
time this season that over 67% of bettors filed in 35 minutes before kickoff on one name. So the FA is officially getting started into betting probes in English soccer. That is a very big scandal because it has been coming for a long time as this has been something that's been hinted at since basically 2010, 2011. And it's kind of just awkwardly looked at like baseball was in the 1930s. It's kind of sad that soccer is just now doing this in 2020. But unfortunately, as we start this saga, I got a feeling it is going to only uncover dirty laundry after dirty laundry after dirty laundry. So if you're interested in the story, go over to Sky Sports. I don't know if a U.S. paper has picked it up yet, but I know it is on the Sky Sports website. I think it's. Oh, yes, they have. Oh, yes, they have. They listen to yellow card. It's uh, Daily Mail. Okay, the Daily Mail. There we go. So U.S. paper starting to get on it, too. Um, Unfortunately, I was up at 6 a.m. when Sky Sports broke this one. So it was super interesting to read. If you have time, do me a favor. I know soccer might not be for you, but this investigation will get you interested. Go over there and read. Check that story out. With that being said, gentlemen, I'm ready to wrap us up. Uh, do me a favor. Go over. Check me out on Twitter. Inside the lunch table. Or I think we're inside the lunch room on Twitter. Whatever it is. Go over there and check it out. Because we are just as active as we've been right now. We're tweeting every day. We're trying to get content on Twitter as much as we can. We've got episodes coming every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. My boy Mike is back on the host on Friday. It's really fun introducing my boy Mike because I usually have to listen to Calf do this. I'm going to go and take the roles. And like I said, y'all check it out on Friday as Mike Wilson brings it to us. We're going to be picking playoff games. So you're going to want to be here to hold us to our money as there are some tough games to pick this weekend. So it'll be a loaded episode Uh, Like I said, uh, playoff football's here. It's a great time to be listening. If you're here, we're honored to have you. Hopefully you're back Friday as we sit back down at Inside the Lunch Table.